Hi. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Well, good evening, good morning. I don't know what day or time it is anymore, but welcome into the Irish NFL show. It is the day, uh, the, the night after Super Bowl 55. Uh, my name is Michael. I've had about two and a half hours sleep. So welcome in, Colin. Welcome in, man. Welcome in. I'm loving the the fact that you got the intro changed. That was uh, that was very quick. Uh, kudos. See, there. I, 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 I did. I, I saw I'll that. Just, I'll, just, I'll just pop that on again really quickly. Just just a complete pro, Colin, at the whole. And by the way, folks, it's launching. It's launching. <laughs> a master at your work, eh? I think he. Uh, I think you've That's earned that. Past. In fairness, Michael, I think I think you've earned that, and uh, we're going to we're going to have plenty to to discuss uh, in tonight's show. I think so. Um, I'll uh, I'll ha I'll hand over to uh, to Brian. Yeah, so uh, I suppose we were all building up to the game, and we had a fantastic four-hour show yesterday, along with the, uh, the the Super Bowl AM show yesterday morning, which was which was good, and. In the end, I think our shows were probably a little bit more exciting than the game itself because um, it just didn't, the game which we expected just didn't, in my opinion, didn't materialize. I expected a really close game that would have came down to a one score game in the fourth Brian, quarter. Right. The underdog won the game. Sure, I'm well aware of that. I'm yeah. well aware of that. It was, it was entertaining in that sense, no? I'm just talking about the, the way the game played out. You know, come the end of the third quarter, by and large. The results oh, yeah. was, was never in question. And for people who have watched, which we would all agree has been a really enjoyable season, and leading up to the Super Bowl, everybody expected a really close game, which could have came down to one score, and it didn't. It didn't for one reason or another, more so because I think the Bucks defensively were fantastic, and we've discussed how erratic they were at times during the regular season, but during the playoffs, they were consistently the best defense, you know, across the board, and... They delivered yesterday, and Mahomes just never got the opportunity to play the game, which we're used to seeing. Mark, just checking up. I'm presuming you're okay. Obviously, after Brady left, like it was almost like he left his girlfriend and went for somebody new, and obviously won it all. Mark won it all. That's right. I've got a pre-prepped. Tom Brady really wins Tom a seventh. Mark. Yeah, I mean, like, isn't it the most amazing statistic that now Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls than any franchise? In the NFL, um, I, I have no real will against Brady. I mean, he gave me and the Patriots fans six Super Bowls in conjunction with Belichick, and that's fantastic. And you know, I've said all along he is the goat. And if you needed any more proof after the Atlanta comeback, after the Rams game, after all the wins he's got, after all the year, yards, here's another bit of proof. Going to a new team, and yes, you know, you get by with a little help from your friends. It is a team sport. T E A M. He needs those amazing coordinators, Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles. He needs his weapons like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who didn't appear, but hey, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are also there. And he needs that great defense, yes, anchored by people like Winfield uh, and Devin White. But Levante David last night as well was superb in coverage on Travis Kelsey and generally throughout the game. And the pressure that your uh, Sues and Barrett's, Sack Barrett, as I know you like calling him, Michael, um, and JPP were getting on that uh, that makeshift O-line for the Chiefs was um, supreme. I, I didn't see it being a blowout in any way, shape, or form, um, but that's the way it turned out with complimentary football all around the field. And, yes, he got his seventh. And, yes, unfortunately, after the first half, if the Bucs won that game, there was no doubt Brady was getting the MVP, even though you can make a very good argument for Fournette, you can make a very good argument for Devin White or maybe Winfield or someone on the defense. Um, but the storyline was too good. It's the same way Peyton Manning didn't deserve a, an MVP in his first Super Bowl win, but it was always going to happen because of the narrative. Um, same with Brady last night. I'm very tempted to just jump in and talk about the Chiefs and their general performance because as far as I'm concerned, their flight hasn't landed in Tampa yet. From Friday, but sure, we'll, we'll we'll come to that in a second. Yesterday, Colin, the Kansas City Chiefs on the morning of Super Bowl Fifty Five announced their star quarterback, the five hundred and fifty million dollar man Patrick Mahomes, is to go is to undergo surgery immediately after the season. 
How long did they know after? And that, that, that's my question. Was Mahomes injured going into this game? And should Chad Henney have started this game? Genuine question. Well, I don't, I don't think you'd have started uh, Chad Henney. Um, but the extent of Mahomes' injury, to be honest, I don't think it played that big a factor. Um, I think the issue was the line. Um, the line was a much, much bigger issue than um, certainly I thought it was going to be. I, I didn't think it was going to be, um, you know, cottage cheese, Swiss cheese. It was, it was unbelievable. I mean, he was the... Uh, Faced the most pressure of any QB um, in any Super Bowl uh, last night. He uh, was uh, under pressure more and more than fifty percent of his dropbacks. Pressured twenty nine times on fifty six dropbacks, more than Jim Kelly um, in Super Bowl twenty six. He was running for his life for for most of the night, and nothing just uh, seemed to to work. Um, apparent. I saw a stat uh, in in relation to the amount of yards he ran um, in, in terms of before throwing the ball, which was supposedly somewhere in the region around 400 because uh, um, he, he was just scrambling here there and and everywhere they, look the box were brilliant um, I think that's the the first thing so to me even if Mahomes didn't have any injury um, with that O-line and with the, the game plan that the box put in place and they executed. They, I mean, every single member of their defense showed up. Um, and they they came up with the, the perfect game plan. Um, and we can probably talk a little bit. I think that they said they took away that deep ball threat. And they said, we don't believe that you're disciplined enough to just keep keep going methodically and just keep going. They left the under to Kelsey. That was there all day. They took away the screen. They took away the deep ball. And they said, you're not going to just dink and, and dunk. And they didn't. They they they, they kept going uh, for it. Um, and fair play to, to Todd Bowles. Um, he, he deserves all the plaudits and all the kudos, as does Bruce Arians for the trust that he puts in his guys. Um, but you you would have to to say the other thing I think that that struck me is we need to have a, a conversation around the Pro Bowl voting at some point because that Bucks team had one Pro Bowler one Pro Bowler and um, they absolutely uh, dominated that that game last night in every segment. Um, I, so look, it was. It, I I can understand what Brian is saying in terms of the disappointment. You, the Bucks showed up. But the Chiefs didn't, as you're saying, Michael. I mean, uh, if you go back um, to, uh, to to go back to Montana versus Marine, uh, Dan Marino, and probably the, there was all the hype leading up to that, the two big uh, QBs and the 49ers gave the, the Dolphins a beatdown, an unmerciful beatdown. And we saw a similar um, last night. Um, you know, I, I think we... the. The, the Chiefs need to 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 go away, uh, lick their wounds, and come back. But ev- like the Bucks played the game uh, of their dreams. They you 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 put a game plan in place. You you hope that you can execute parts of it. They executed every single aspect of it, and all fifty three men um, and Shady who picks up a ring, um, another one despite not playing in the Super Bowl, t- deserve immense credit. Brian, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I would I would agree with, with Colin on, on the Mahomes injury. I don't think it was a factor in the game. I think ultimately the front seven of the Bucks, you know, made it very difficult for the offensive line. We discussed leading up to the game whether the impact of Fisher and Swartz not being in the game and the, the backup Remmers. I saw him play for the Giants. Didn't do very much in that year he was there. So I was surprised that people were saying, oh, he'll be fine, he'll be able to step in. I, I always felt he was going to struggle. And they were so dominant up front, it allowed David and allowed Devin White to kind of roam around the field and put themselves in a position to go for interceptions and stuff. And yeah, Mahomes, in the first quarter, for example, Mahomes ran for 23 yards in the game. And that doesn't sound like a lot. But at the end of the first quarter, he'd ran for 24. So it was like he he looked fine running. And it was like as if they were saying, yeah, you take those five or six yard runs because that allows us to maintain Kelsey, maintain Hill, Hardman, all the weapons in which we've discussed leading up to the game. It was, a game, it was a great game plan. And then as the game went on, the Chiefs became one-dimensional because they only ran the ball 17 times in the game. That's not a lot. You need to have a balanced run game. And they were getting away from that very early. 
And the one thing I would say about Mahomes was he was running around like a madman trying to get the ball off. Some of the throws in which he delivered in very precarious situations were still so close to being put in a position to be caught. And some of them were just great plays by the Buccaneers players in terms of getting in with the with the, the block and the interceptions. So if when when they look, when the cold light of the day comes and they look at the reasons why they didn't win, I don't think Mahomes will be high up on that list. I think he'll be quite a quite a bit way down the list in terms of why they didn't win the game. Yeah, Michael, if I can add on to that, I mean, like, you know, there were two throws on back-to-back downs, third and fourth down in the fourth quarter there, one of which Mahomes delivered, running backwards to his left, falling backwards and nearly pull it in the only position his receiver could get it, and the other, like Superman, horizontal, where he flicked it to a receiver who promptly dropped the ball, which happened to him a few times. Yes, they didn't complete. Yes, of course, they didn't occur, but unbelievable athleticism and skill to to be even be in that position but there's a few underlying storylines that i don't want to get missed on, on our kind of quick roundup here like first of all gronk smash gronk play football gronk spike ball yes twice very good um i had him get the first touchdown so that was a nice little learner but he showed up again and rob gronkowski reminded people he can play damn good football uh both in the run game and in the passing game um the Bucks did get their run game going, Fournette and Jones making good hard yards against that Kansas City D-line and showed the balance on the Bucks side that Brian's alluding to that the Chiefs didn't. I mean, I am more distressed or disturbed, I think, a little bit about the fact that the Chiefs didn't show the ability to adapt. You know, they won 15 meaningful games. They were 14-1 and this season. They didn't – when they came out after halftime and um, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, ran off that 26-yard run off a draw. You kind of went, oh, okay, they've woken up. They've realized the the zonal runs will be there. The underneath stuff will be there. Maybe we'll put together a couple of drives and get back in this game. And almost immediately, they went back to type, and again, the Bucs started to shut them down. And they just did not evolve and adapt in the way you would expect from an Andy Reid coach side. And that was probably one of the most surprising things for me in terms of how the game evolved. Um, and I do want to just dwell again, like, yes, the O-line was porous, but they took away every quick route. That secondary and that linebacker core were taking away the quick routes as well. You know, they were making sure he had to go to his second read, had to go to his third read, and still protecting the deep third. So that is also what caused Mahomes to keep running around like a headless chicken at times or like an athletic cheetah, depending on how generous or horrible you'd like to be. Um and that was part of the fundamental game plan that Todd Brawls brought to bear. Just just on Gronk, like a lot of the, a lot of the I suppose discussions today are on the fact that he scored two, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but his blocking in particular was really good. He blocked on the perimeter so many times that allowed Jones and that allowed Fournette to to run off these fifty and twenty yard. Runs, which were critical on, on drives to extend the drives because some of them were toward and sixes, toward and sevens. His blocking capability is just what makes him probably one of the best uh, tight ends to ever play the game. And once everybody looks at the touchdowns, it's the other stuff that he does that doesn't get really the exposure that's noticed until you kind of look back at the game. Uh, look, you know, it's so good about the sport that we're all going to have different opinions, and I think that's fantastic. Um, I was really disappointed last night because I thought Mahomes really was like, you know, we, we built it up ourselves, thought it was going to be brilliant. Thought it would probably be realistically a shootout. One team wins by seven points. I thought the Bucs would win because they thought their defense overall was more better than together. I mean, that that defense took, let's be honest, took Breeze out of his career, beat the Packers, limited them to a certain amount of points. Honestly, I mean, for me, if that was Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen, who went to a Super Bowl and didn't score a touchdown, boys, I think we'd be having a very different conversation here. So we can sit here and we can talk about athleticism and all, all we want, but the reality is Patrick Mahomes went to a Super Bowl and didn't score a touchdown. Nine points in a Super Bowl is... And look, we can talk, of course the line was a fact. He wasn't getting enough room to move. But this whole talk, and I've seen people talk about it in the fourth quarter, about how, you know, and you said it there now yourselves, but how he had the room to move and run around, you know, what, are we playing Madden? He was hitting an open. 
it was hard to watch. And you said, like we said at the start there, it was over at the end of the third quarter. That was hard to watch. And I'm a Broncos fan. Like, I wanted to be close enough, to be brutally honest. It was getting to the third quarter. Like, ugh, but still, look, it, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, Travis Kelsey wasn't a factor in the game whatsoever. Tyreek Hill, did he did he fly in this Tampa this weekend? Seriously? Lads, seriously? Sammy I mean, he, was still, he, was double, he was double covered for the entirety of the game. Well, yeah, of course he was. But that, that, that Bucks defense was phenomenal. The best defensive performance um, in years. The biggest shutout since New York in 2014. I know, believe me. Um, I would actually go as far as to say, Colin, that was a far better defensive shutout, honestly, than the Broncos against the Panthers five years ago. For me, it was. That, no, 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 hold up. Seriously, I, I really think that. I think Shaq Barrett and JPP last night. And honestly, boys, half that defense was unbelievable. Like, they should, like, think about it. Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, is the best quarterback now of our generation, as far as everyone's concerned, didn't score a touchdown in the biggest game of the year last night when the whole world was watching. So, for me, I think it's, honestly, boys, I think it's, um, I think it's shocking. I think we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. I think Andy Reid and the whole situation, which is a horrible situation, has a massive point to play in it. And I also feel, from watching Patrick Mahomes last night, especially in the fourth quarter, he shouldn't have been on the field. The man could barely walk at times, boys. He was hobbling along. And for, I, don't know, I don't know how he found the energy to run at one point. There was one point when he was about to line up and he was going like that. And then suddenly he had this, I don't know how he done it, but uh, I think we, we, we could talk about each player, boys, and each player. But that, for me, is probably the worst offensive performance in the Super Bowl in, well, seven years. Go on, Brian. Go on. Um, I just say, yeah, I agree with you that they didn't score a touchdown. It's a very disappointing performance. Bearing in mind how aggressive that offense is and what we've seen it throughout the season. But it won't get, in my opinion, it won't get the scrutiny. One, because the Bucks defense played so well. And two, because it's so it's so soon after last year's oh, where he did throw two touchdowns and he did win the ring. So, yeah, I agree. It was not what we expected. But I still put that down more so to the Bucks defense having a, a brilliant performance. Yeah, yeah, Mike, I've got to call timeout on that one just, <laughs> just a little bit. On oh, which one, sorry? Oh, well, a few bits. Like, Travis Kelsey did not have the impact, but he did still get a uh, buck. Yeah, like 80 yards, yards didn't he? Yeah. 80 yards. Tyreek Hill, you're absolutely right, didn't turn up because he dropped two passes that could have made an appreciable difference. Like, Mahomes gave him a chance, and he did not appear, even with that amazing double coverage. But you're talking about abject offensive performances. Look, um, back in, as you say, seven, eight years ago, the Broncos scored eight points in the Super Bowl with apparently the greatest offense of all time. The uh, Washington uh, football team, or back then the Washington Redskins, only scored seven points on a blocked field goal against the Miami Dolphins when they completed their perfect season. But only two years ago, if you're looking for a real offensive shutdown, you're talking about the St. Louis Rams who never even took a snap in the red zone when they only scored three points in their Super Bowl defeat. So let's put it into context. He is the, the MVP from last year. Uh, no, the year before that, sorry. Did make three AFC Championship games back-to-back and did make uh, win the Super Bowl, obviously, last year and was Super Bowl MVP last year. So uh, a terrible performance, 100%. But let's not you know throw him under the bus with a, a Jared Goffs of this world who people can't wait to get rid of. They'll even give picks well, to get rid of him. You know, so, I, you know, like, that's I mean, slightly pretty I mean, like, I think it's it's great conversation we're having here, but like, I think to be honest, I I accept your points, but the reality is, again, if that wasn't Patrick Mahomes' boys, there would be a whole different conversation this morning. He's got away with it because he won it last year. He played lights out last year. It's, well, he didn't even. He, he, like, he he was fortunate last year that the Chiefs' defense, who didn't play well yesterday, played really well in the playoffs last year, and that's probably why a lot of people thought they would play really well in this Super Bowl. But he was fortunate last year because. He turned things around in the fourth quarter, so you could put it. You could put an argument together that once he threw two touchdowns last year and they won the game, he didn't have a very good performance, and that's two Super Bowls in a row. And the sorry, I just want to say as well because I keep there's so many things happened last night. I'm just keep, I'm just going to keep forgetting. Yeah, I mentioned Travis Kelsey. I know Travis Kelsey had a decent amount of yards. He didn't score a touchdown. He's the best tight end in the league by a hundred miles. But Gronkowski, who scored two, which Mark obviously alluded to there. Presented WrestleMania 10 months ago, had no sign of coming back into football. And Kelsey had won the Super Bowl in in February last year. So I think 
I am, I am shocked, and I'll just say it publicly now because we'll probably talk about it after. I think that is that that achievement last night may go down as one of the greatest achievements in sport. That team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, brought in Brady and Gronk. Gronk, who obviously had to get himself back to, of course, he's going to be fit, but he, to get himself back to football fitness again, and to bring in Tom Brady, who didn't have any workouts with the team officially, no preseason. That is genuinely for me one of the greatest achievements in sport last night to beat that Kansas City team, boys, who everyone talked about. Um, I think it's 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 incredible for me. Brady keeps talking about it. every Super Bowl is special. That's his best. That's better than Falcons for me. I think that is unbelievable. To, 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 no, seriously, to go to a different team after twenty years and to prove people wrong, that's because he had he had the, not seriously. But my, Michael, you tipped them. Like this, this is wasn't unexpected. We two of two people, you and Mark, tipped them. This was not unexpected. The Bucks were a good team. The Bucks were an awful team before Bruce Arians arrived. Bruce Arians arrived in. He began the foundation. Then they brought in the greatest quarterback of all time. They brought in the uh, uh, a future Hall of Famer at tight end. They made, did an amazing job drafting, which they have done over the last few years, right? Because they brought in Tristan Wirfs, and we talked about this in the in the lead-up shows. They jumped up because they knew what they wanted to do because they actually, with Bruce Arians and the staff he's built, they went, we need to protect him. We know who the best tackle in the draft is. We're going to go get him. They made a plan. They executed the plan. They've been doing that all year. I agree. What The game plan and the way they executed it was absolutely brilliant. But they it, was, they, they, it wasn't like the, the Broncos 2015 where that defense had to carry them. They scored 31 offensive points. Their offense was really good. They had Antonio Brown uh, as well. Remember, Mike Evans and, and Godwin were bystanders in many respects to to this mike evans had one catch for 31 yards right he showed up when needs be godwin had two catches so they they are a seriously talented um outfit and this wasn't the the giants kind of coming out of nowhere to to beat the the patriots the all-conquering patriots and we can we see you said it how many times did you say defense wins championships in the lead up to this so to me yes it was a, a absolutely they, they can take great credit in what they have done um but this was not maradona puts um argentina on his back to win a, a world cup in in 86 or drag them to a final in 1990 they had um, a seriously talented outfit they made the most of it and kudos to to them for for doing it but it was it was everything that that's surrounding it and that's i think part of it i mean we the 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 brit reed situation which is a situation which is still fluid which is a situation which is still under police um investigation which is a situation where a, a young child is in a critical condition in hospital all of that was 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 certainly in the background mahomes's potential injury they all 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 of the other factors they absolutely shot the the, the Chiefs down and they were brilliant but it Super Bowls are very odd I've seen them. I saw the 49ers annihilate the Broncos 55-10 we have seen blowouts in the Super Bowl it's a it's a strange it does strange things to players even when they've been there a second time the the worry the anxiety something happening sometimes players respond to adversity sometimes they don't um but I to the the Chiefs had a, a really bad a bad game a really really bad game, um, but I, I I think a bit like um, Bill Belichick I'm fascinated to see how they'll respond and come back next year. Michael, can I just um, before we move to the Andy Reid situation in terms of the Sun and obviously Columns have touched on there, can we just talk about the Chiefs play calling and, and management of the game because we're, we're we're praising the books and we I think we have to look at that as well because. And in one particular moment, and, and Colin touched on last night when we were texting during the game, they got the field goal. They were 14-6 down. And look, we all knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to get the ball back as quickly as possible to try and sneak an extra field goal before halftime. It was 14-6 going into halftime because I don't think the Bucks had any intention to really look to drive the ball. They were fortunate, and we argued a little bit in terms of flags and what we all agreed and what we didn't agree in terms of what should have been given. However, there was an opportunity problem to let the let the uh, clock run down go in a half time they were getting the ball at the start of the second half 
like I just didn't understand the, the need to panic. Like they've been in positions before, even last year's Super Bowl. They're ten points down with six minutes to go. They've been down by twenty-four points last season in the playoffs. Everything seemed to be wrong from the sideline. That was a situation where you should let the clock run. 14-6, we're getting the ball to start in the second half. And in the, in the start of the second half, I can't recall the first drive. I believe they got another field goal. So you even could have been there 14-9. It's a very different game. They go in 21-6 down at halftime. And I think at that stage, we all knew the game was up. So it was as much as the players didn't, didn't turn up, the coaches didn't turn up, in my opinion. They got greedy, Brian. They got greedy. They were trying to sneak out an extra possession there, an extra three points, um, and it was too aggressive. Like, I mean, we did say Arians and Reed will both play aggressively. Obviously, Arians going for it on fourth down on the one-yard line. Um, but Reed calling that timeout, giving Brady in the box that chance almost to reset and that extra time on the clock ultimately punished them, shall we say, uh, uh, in that regard. I mean, two, two final points. Actually, Colin, you made a point, like, Tristan Wirfs and, and the role he played. And obviously on that right side, when you had Wirfs and you had Kronk, I mean, it's a pretty uh, impressive unit going ahead there. Um, but he wasn't the default best tackle in this draft, remember? And they picked him up at 13. I mean, Andrew Thomas went at four to the Giants. Um, hope you're not regretting that one, Brian. Um, Wills, Wills and Beckton also went before him. He was the fourth tackle off the board. Um, so the Bucks. There's always a little bit of luck in these things. There's a little bit of luck in the construction of the rosters that is everybody going to be there at the right time. They picked up Leonard Fournette mid-season, for Christ's sake. They picked up Antonio Brown mid-season. He got a touchdown in the Super Bowl, um, which I know displeases many people, of course. Um, but there's no, you know, Belichick often talked about this, about the, you know, know what the team's like around November time. Well, in November, the Bucks were dreadful. They lost three on the bounce. They were seven and five. People were, you know, enjoying the fact that maybe Brady won't make the playoffs. And then they got their bye, and then they got it together, and then they gelled and did what all championship teams do, got it together in the right place at the right time. And there is a margin on these things. Last year, third and 15, Kansas City Chiefs run wasp by the time when they're, you know, down 10 points, they need something to happen. And it came off beautifully for them. This time, late in the third, I want to say, third and 14, Romo's calling it and saying, oh, they need to put something together now. Is there a bit of magic head? Deflected ball, gets a ricochet interception. And, you you know, if you didn't know it by then, which you should have done, it was absolutely apparent. It was not going to be their night. And the Bucs just had their number. Yeah, for me, it was over after the first possession of the second half, to be honest. If not, you know, that was really for me yeah. to be a... Uh, look, I, we're going to play a couple of press commerce videos, but look, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this, boys, and look, we all have different opinions, but for me, I saw for years, Hayden Brady, Brady's went to a different division. Sorry, you know, he's, he's, he's went, yeah, different division, different conference. Finished fifth seed, talking there about struggling during the season, bringing boys in. Finished fifth seed, beat Washington, not a big feat. Went and ended Drew, Drew Brees' career, went to Green Bay and ended that incredible Packers team, which everyone talks about his career, and then won the Super Bowl in the home city of the team. That is an incredible achievement. Absolutely incredible achievement. Uh, that's just what I mean by that there. So um, a lot of people were asking that as well today. We, look, we, we'll come back to the game in a second. Mark, do you want to put in something? I was just going to say, Mark, you're talking about incredible achievements. Only Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have now won a Super Bowl with two different franchises. And if you wanted one thing for Tom Brady, he's the first player to beat three former Super Bowl MVPs in back-to-back-to-back games to ultimately win a Super Bowl in beating Breeze, Rodgers, and then Mahomes. And we have a break-in. We've we've a bit of breaking news here as well, just in regards to Tom Brady. Whoever suggested to Coach Belichick to me, might want to challenge that. Got got an ear... (laughs) (laughs) never let a moment pass Michael huh? <laughs> oh I don't admit this is the, like you know I'm I am I am sitting here I've kept quiet all day um but I find it incredible we're having this conversation right now but really I think it's, it's it's incredible I find it incredible that the media aren't talking about Mahomes and that Chiefs team as much as they would be for any other team We'll come back to that and talk about that in a minute. 4.45 a.m. this morning, I had the opportunity to talk to Ireland's own, uh, well, wannabe Irishman, um, adopted Sean Murphy Bunter, adopted son. And here is what he had to say uh, to me 
he couldn't he couldn't understand me the first time basically so here we go what was your feelings on coach Arian's comments after the game obviously just you know saying it's not about me it's about the players oh um that's just the guy that that's the type of guy that coach ba is i mean he just believes in his players and he always wants the best out of them um and at the end of the day he lets them play he's not gonna he's not the type of coach that's gonna take all the glory um he's the type of coach that's gonna tell you how it is um and that's what we need as players especially being young guys uh, he holds us to a higher standard and um, you know, we just we just played to our full potential and, and we executed and we won the game. That was class from Murphy Bunting. Not, not from Murphy Bunting, but it was class from Arians last night saying, I didn't do a damn thing. I thought that was 10 out of 10. Colin, you spoke to Winfield, wasn't it? Yeah? I did indeed. Spoke to uh, Antoine Winfield uh, Jr., who uh, who had Gronk's wrestling belt on his shoulder uh, for the uh, the post game press conference uh, and ski goggles on the side of his head. Um, I like as you, the, as you do. <laughs> they well, I think. You, what was going on there? Enjoying the moment. Well, I the Devin White had was wearing them uh, during uh, his particular press conference. So, look, they. I, I think what you heard from the Bucks players uh, in the lead up to it and in the aftermath and what um, Bruce Arians said in terms of he won, you know, he, he, it's never, what's brilliant about him is it's never about him. It's about everyone else around him. The fact that his 95 year old mother was there last night and he gave her a shout out. Um, talk about like making every Irish mommy proud uh, that he gave her a shout out from, from the podium. But he, he told like when you heard him talk in the lead up to it all week, it was all he talked about, like his coordinators. He told um, and, and and about the work that they had put in and the trust that he puts in his players and in his um, assistants. And I think that speaks volumes. You saw we've seen the way Brady talks about BA. You see the affection that everyone has for him. He is absolutely. Um, revitalized that franchise because that was a franchise that was in the doldrums for the best part of two decades and um, he, he he's done a, a great job um, one one thing that um, we probably should have uh, realized right um, was the, the the in terms of this was over before it was over the team that has won the coin toss has lost the last seven Super Bowls in a row plus and we talked about this in the build-up to it um, Tyreek Hill, um, you mentioned him, Michael. He his impersonation of Shannon Sharp and called the National Guard. Um, if you remember, Shannon did that during the '96 season when the Broncos went and lost to the Jaguars, the unfancy Jaguars, the high-flying Broncos. They were supposed to win it all, um, but they did Shot come back the following season and win two on the bounce. And they're the only AFC West team to win it two years in a row. Here's what Colm had to say to Winfield this morning. Okay, next question from Colm Cronin from the Irish NFL Show. Hey, Antoine, uh, congratulations from Dublin, Ireland. I was chatting to you during the week, so uh, major props. It's uh, like half four in the morning here, so delighted to see you guys win. Um Coach Arians, he did dedicated um, the the victory to you. Said it was all on you. Just your thoughts on, on him and the coaching staff, and and all you guys achieved this year. Yeah, man, it's been uh, a crazy year um, dealing with COVID and just going through all the different obstacles. Um, I'm just proud of all my teammates, all the coaches, the entire organization for um, you know getting us into this position. Um, it was a lot of work put into this season, and I'm just so proud of everybody. Um, just for getting in this and being in this position. Uh, we actually have a special segment coming up now. Uh, last week, Brian asked me to make a video uh, highlighting some of the best points this year. Now, my original plan was to make a video for all of us. So I thought, right, we'll do each person first. And I'll just merge well, together. Well, well, I haven't really known it's going to be me. <laughs> and Brian was the first person I merged together. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to do one person per week because it's only fair in that sense. Uh, and this is only from five episodes. So um, you happy to play this, Brian? Yeah, you happy to play this? Yeah. I don't know what's going. I'm going to say one more point. Yeah, I go don't on. Have, I don't have my speed. I don't have my goggles on. You know, in any of these parts. So you know, it's just not going to be the same. You know, with the goggles on the side. But uh, yeah, like what's going on about WWE? You must. I went into that live. Like, I'm not <laughs> big head McQueen here. I, I went into that press conference. I must ask this boy a question because he's the only boy left. But then, uh, Lanton, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, for God's sake, right? Uh, that, that's that's my one gone. Anyway, here is, uh, well, Brian, here's your best bit so far, and Mark's next. 
Well, you won't be you won't be surprised to know I'm not going to agree with you, Colin. But you're you're right, Colin. To your point, he was four to one, and uh, I quickly got on before the bookies reevaluated their pricing. So I think I'm onto a good one here. Let's see how we go. Well, Mark, you know how, you know what we'll you know what we'll have next week after a three win run. We'll have four we'll lose miserably, right? Next week? No, we're only playing to see Hawks. We'll win that game. I don't know. Tidy out the blocking back. And the other one is James Bradbury, our best, our best cornerback, has also gone in COVID. So everything has well, gone against the system. Are, are the Giants on Santa's naughty list or what? <laughs> we can always bring back David Tyree if you want, you know, oh, to try uh, and get him. Mark, Mark and love that. There's a photograph from over there. Mark wants to go yeah, there actually him. is a giant section in, in this bar, which uh, the bar is fantastic. But unfortunately, yeah, there's, there's a giant section. And we'll have to talk to the bar maybe the, to get that removed. I'll wrap up now. We've just got a comment in here and it goes on my prediction. Uh, Michael saying the Giants are going to lose their 40. This isn't even a matchup, boys. This could be worse than Detroit against Tampa Bay. Um, I would love it if he won, Brad. But this has been such a topsy-turvy season, and I actually have this inkling as I don't... Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to do it somehow, some way. And I do think that the Giants are going to fall at the final hurdle to the Cowboys, who they've lost seven straight to. So for me... I picked them at the start of the season, and I can't get away from them. I think the Chiefs will win. Brady is 4-0 in his career against reigning champions. Sorry, he's not. He's 4-1. He lost in week 13 against the Chiefs, and he's going to lose against the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. 31-20, same score as last year, out for my bold prediction. Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and everybody will be happy come Monday morning. Everyone. Yeah, Mark, you're next. Uh, so genuinely, Brian, I went to put all of us together, but that ended up being a one and a half, two minute video. So do, you know, do, you know what, do you know what I've noticed? My, yeah. my hairstyles are getting worse during this lockdown. <laughs> you see my, you see my hair when I put that comment in about forty points. I well, for well in one episode there, just one. Yeah, that's that's what it was. That, that was pre lock. That was pre edit in a two week or four hour forty seven minutes. I, I can't believe you didn't put the trading places piece in. Come on, that was the best line in the lot. Here, my Mac is in bad, bad <laughs> condition at the minute. Bad, bad condition. Um, so, boys, very quickly, because we're going to do another segment after this, uh, I'm just going to tweet out to try and get more people to engage with us just by we're at this. Will the box repeat next year? Colin, go for it. Uh, they could, uh, certainly. Uh, they have some some interesting pieces, right? Because they have Shaq Barrett, they have Godwin, and they have Levante David. And they got to figure out what they're going to do. Now, they also have Tom Brady. Players tend to want to take, are, are willing to take a haircut to play with Tom Brady. Um, so it is possible that some of those players might be willing to, to do that. Um, it depends on who they can, um, you know, keep intact. The Chiefs need to um, sort out the the line. Um, and, you know, you need depth at, at the line. That's going to be... Uh, a key piece uh, for them. Uh, we're going to have to see what the Packers do in terms of uh, will they actually give Rodgers uh, some new toys uh, to play with. There's talk of a new contract there as well, but if they've got to give him a new contract and pay him, then what what are they going to have to, to do around that? What Will the Bills continue to, to build? That's probably the, the other question. And we were talking to a few people in the, the lead up to the Super Bowl about this QB carousel talk that there might be up to 15 QBs moving. Um, so a lot depends on that. Like if Deshaun Watson goes to the Dolphins, that puts the Dolphins in contention, uh, uh, you know, certainly next season. Go on, um, help me, Reynolds, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, Neil, well, Neil will be doing every single uh, Sunday from uh, from Miami, Miami or wherever their away game is. Uh, so, listen, I I think um, it's it, look every year. This time last year, would we have said that the the Bucks were were going to to win the Super Bowl? I don't think any of us would. So uh, it you. That's the the kind of beauty of this. Yes, there will be teams who you know will likely be there or thereabouts. Um, but you know the other the other thing I suppose is that the um, I saw the Vikings today have gone for um, you know Gary Kubiak's son uh, in the hopes of of keeping their um, offensive. Uh, 
you know, front rolling. If they can sort out their their defense, then no reason that the Vikings can't uh, make a run. Can the will the Bucks repeat? I don't know. Can they? They certainly the Vikings. The, the Vi- I th- I think the I think the Vikings had a really poor year this year. Did you hear Kirk that, Cousins last night? No, I didn't, no, I didn't. Did see you boys see that last night? He was like, oh, you know. The older you get, the harder it is to watch a Super Bowl. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's 20-something. He, he, he looked like a man who wanted to get going because the dinner was being made in the other room towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll jump in next. Um, probably a, a great question, Michael and Fairness, and probably one probably more so for a preseason show for than, dimes, boys, for than the day after the Super Bowl. Um, I don't believe, look, I haven't got a lot, a lot right recently, judging by the coverage in which you've shown in the last five minutes, but uh, I don't believe <laughs> they will. I don't believe they will because uh, the reason being, it hasn't been done since 2003, 2004, which we discussed last week. The NFL is such a, which is what we love about it. Every season is so different. There's going to be a team next season that we haven't even touched on now. We probably won't even touch on them come July, June, uh, August, when we're doing our preseason shows that will come out of nowhere. And you know, and then we'll say next year, you know what, you can see that happening. We just never figured it out because they may have only won five or six games this year, but yet you could see progress. So there will be someone that comes out of nowhere next season. But when you're the champions, everybody wants to beat you, and that's what makes it even doubly difficult. So for me, I don't think they'll repeat. Yeah, Michael, can we can we get through free agency in the draft first just to get a sense of what the teams will actually look like? I'm I'm with with Colin, uh, Colin, sorry, um, that uh, Goodwin. Uh, Godwin, I keep calling him Goodwin. Godwin, Shaq Barrett, and Levante David are three critical pieces in free agency. They've got a soul for. They can only try a uh, franchise tag one of them, um, and they're all going to be at premium positions, and they're all going to want to get paid. Um, but the Brady fact is interesting. If you listen to Danny Amendola, there's never been a Patriot way. The only reason people will go to the, the Patriots is to play with Tom Brady, not with Bill Belichick, um, which is an interesting line. But players do attract players, so. Um, Chris Long went to the Patriots to get a ring. Obviously, Ndomukong Sue has gone to the Bucks and got a ring with Brady and the like. So this is something that uh, can occur, and you just won't know until later. What I will say is now with Drew Brees retiring, that NFC South doesn't look as daunting. You know, the Saints have to figure out their solution at quarterback. Sorry, we still say assumed retiring, especially with reduction in salary. It hasn't formally been announced, but, you know, is the sky blue for Christ's sake? Um, the Panthers are still trying to get it together under rule. The Falcons are obviously going through a new head coach and they're trying to figure out are they going to build it up or tear it down. Um, so their their pathway, like many people used to give out about the AFC East with the Pats for years, uh, the pathway for Brady to get back to the playoffs is certainly clear. And you know, once you're in, you can win. Two hundred and eleven days until the season starts. Two hundred. And 11 days. So I've already seen uh, a lot of Bills Mafia calling for the NFL to put the Bills against the Bucks in Tampa Bay for the, for the kickoff game, which would be pretty cool if that was the case next season. I have a point, um, and if you want, boys, for the last 15 minutes or so, just just to, you know, if you want to have a free-for-all or we can ter- discuss certain certain topics, but this is from one of our friends and comments who is Audrey Simone from DMVR, right? Uh, it's fitting the Chiefs lost their final game under Mahomes' rookie contract due to a depleted offensive line. And while that certainly was impacted by an unprecedented season like this one, that will be an area Kansas City will likely try to save cap in as they move forward. The biggest reason for the Chiefs' O-line success over the last several years, despite investing the least amount of resources in the group, which is saying something when they have a former first overall pick in the line, was their continuity. Slowly that's being chipped away, and at and at, as the cap becomes much more constraining, the solution is going to be drafting linemen, which will inherently eliminate the continuity advantage that made the group so solid but far from dominant the past few years. How the Chiefs work this roster with a new cap that likely won't increase as anticipated when they extend Mahomes will be central to how they maximize this championship window. To this point, winning in Kansas City was easy. The true challenge starts now. Colin, Mahomes is starting to get paid. Do you think the Chiefs will be as dominant as they have been over the last two or three years? Well, I think um, the the I understand, and then look, coming from Denver, you got to hope that they won't be right. Um, but I sat here last year, and I was told by people in Denver that the Chiefs had one hundred and seventeen dollars in in cap. There was no way they could re-sign Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill 
and they did it all. So yeah, of course, once once you move off a, a rookie deal, it um it, it is going to have an impact. But they have structured Mahomes' deal in such a way that it is it's as team friendly as it can be, given the nature of the contract. It's a half a billion dollar contract in theory, but ultimately the team really have a lot of control. They have done the exact opposite of what the Eagles have done. Uh, they are the antithesis of the Eagles. Uh, so it will it will impact, but I think what you will what you'll see potentially this year is everyone will have looked and seen. Um, the importance of the O line and the and the D line, um, but now that it's kind of a free for all for the O line, and you can just hold on the O line all you want, um, you know, I would expect to see as loads of O line guys get drafted because that transition from college to having to learn the game. If the revs are going to call it in the same way next year as they did this year. Um, the, the transition is going to be a lot easier because you're going to be able to to use your hands in ways that previously you couldn't. Like the, it was reft a completely different way in the 2020 season than in 2019, 2018, 2017. I'm really interested to see if that continues in, into next year. Um, it certainly helped with the way in which I suppose casual fans could engage with the game. There are far fewer penalties, far, far fewer flags. Um so I think it, it definitely there will be a premium on O-line guys in the draft this year. Michael, can I just jump back to that to that quote? Um, it'll base my answer when he said it's been easy for the Chiefs to win. Is that is that because of he's referring to the division that they're in, or is it because he because they've kept hold of the same squads, give or take? I, I think it's teams? I think it's on the basis of the team, and this is what I adhere to at the start of this game. Started this sorry, the start of the show. That team's played lights out for the last two three years. They have destroyed certain teams in the NFL. Yeah, well, look, at the end of the day, I think again, there's already speculation whether Andy Reid would want to come back next season. I think that's probably a bit premature to be, you know, me and Mark discussed it separately today. I think it's very premature for people to think that he won't come back because ultimately I think he loves the game so much that he'll want to coach. But um, yeah, there'll be pressure on them this year. But we've seen teams adjust, you know, the offensive line. For example, with the Patriots, was it consistently the same offensive line every year when they won the Super Bowl? No, it was a bit plug-and-play at times. You know, players have left. Giants gave a big big contract to one of their left guards who everybody thought was a star player, but in fact, he didn't turn out to be a star player because it's the system that he worked in. And, you know, we we, we joke and slag about the Patriots and all the rest, but Belichick has always been very good at knowing that he can adjust things on the fly, bring players in for differences, and still keep the show on the road. So... I do think the Chiefs will be back, and um, I think they're fortunate, like Mark has alluded to, with the fact that with Breeze potentially retiring, that the Buccaneers have a clear avenue now to go back to the playoffs. We don't know what we're going to get in Atlanta. Um, that's the division at the moment. you know. And again, this can change, because Mark said free agency, the draft, teams could change. But by and large, I don't think the division is strong enough at the moment for anybody to challenge them for the division. So even if they don't hit the hit the ground running like they did this season in terms of finishing 14 and 2. 10 and 6 still wins the division. 10 and 6 gets you in the playoffs. And could they go on the road during the playoffs next year and beat other teams? Yes, they could. But again, every season is different. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna question Colum's comparison. I wouldn't compare the uh Chiefs as being the exception to the Eagles. I'd say they're the exception to the Rams because the Rams structure their contracts so badly they have to offload players. Uh, a la Gurley, a la Cooks, a la Goff. But they do, they, they, they keep hold of them. They manage to offload them uh, and, so and, and, and they get to the postseason. True. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I, I we could talk on uh, Carl, you know, Carson Wentz and the uh, rumors circulating about Chicago and other locations. And indeed, the ransom apparently they're looking for there. Um, but maybe that's more for you know another show. I mean, on the, the game itself, two other points. I just don't want to go without being mentioned uh, a bit more detail. The penalties. Now, there were different people who had different views on the penalties. Um, the four of us have a WhatsApp chat. There may have been two people who might have disagreed on the interpretation of some of those penalties at times. That seemed to get a bit heated. But, like, the, this is the thing. I mean, the refs called them. you got to play to the whistle and stuff. And, yes, some of them were questionable. But, one of them um, was. One of them was definitely questionable. Some of them were blatant in my mind, but uh, again, other people had different views, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But can, the I make a, 
penalties in the world. We're talking about we're, we're talking about a team that knocked the boy out of the Browns three weeks ago. I mean, it is Carmel. Can, can I make a point on the referees? Well, my point about it is, just let me finish, Brian. My point about right. it is, they wouldn't have made a difference, really. I don't care that they were at the start of the game. There was clearly one better team and one team who yeah. were not performing last night. Take all of them out. Give them all Kansas City's way rather than the Bucks. Still wouldn't have made a difference. Sorry, they were just not the better team. I, I totally agree with you. That's why, to be honest, it hasn't even come up. In, we're in an yeah. area and it hasn't come up. What I would well, say, what, what I would say is, this season has been one of the lowest, uh, lowest seasons on record in terms of flags given because the league worked on a model this year which was suited to let the players play, which usually is what they do in the playoffs. So the, we've had a season where it's very much. Bang bang plays. Call him to call him in November, where he thought the Giants were done against the Bucks for a bang bang play, which should have been, you know, and the flag was picked up. So we've had a season throughout where there've been very little flags on type of plays in which we saw last night, and then all of a sudden it came to last night's game, and things seem to go back to what we were used to seeing. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Well, the the other thing I want to say because we did only very briefly allude to it, um, and Colin mentioned it. There's still an evolving situation. The impact of the Brit Reed situation and what impact that might have made not on the players like this is the whole point do i think it affect the players no the game plan was set in all of this but on the head coach i mean yeah. he you know he tragically has lost a son he you know he they're dealing with a lot of different circumstances here and frankly as i said earlier i i don't think andy reed coached the way andy reed normally coaches i you know the, the lack of adjustments and stuff surprised me so i think it is a legitimate question to ask did that have a bigger impact on the game than you might imagine. The game is unimportant. The fact that there's a, a uh, you know, a young girl uh, fighting for her life uh, is actually what's really important about that. But um, I must go acknowledge. And Brian alluded to a conversation we had offline earlier today. I actually said to him, I said, Andy Reid's well in his sixties. He's won his Super Bowl now. His, you know, his capability as a head coach is without parallel. And yeah, he might love the game, but why would you go back to it next year? Why would you go back to have to face the media on all the questions then about your son, about the incident, about what it means to the team, about what it means to this, what the exception the example is in, all of these things. It just suddenly struck me today. So like if I'm in his shoes in his late 60s with nothing to prove and I can avoid all of that nonsense, is that something that plays on his mind? I'm not trying to put him off into retirement. It just crossed my mind of like, hey, maybe it is something you think about. Well, look, I, sorry, Colin, go ahead. No, just just very quickly on that, like if football is in your DNA and, and it appears to be for Andy Reid, Tom Moore is 82, 82, and he showed up for me the media access days every day he needed to last week. If it's in the DNA and you love doing it, I don't know how, how you stop um, because it can – so – it, it, it's tough to know whether he will or not, especially with guys kind of going longer and longer. We'll, we'll see. Pete Carroll's almost 70. Let's go. Cool. I was wondering when Pete Carroll's going to be brought up there. Look, I'm going to say one thing, and it's going to provoke a reaction, but we're going to talk about Super Sunday, and I'm not... This is, like, sorry, right? Very fair point that Andy Reid there. There's another guy in the NFL that is nothing else, who has nothing else to prove. Tom Brady. What he done last night was impeccable voice, regardless of how he played. He's won it with a different team after 20 years in a different conference, in a different division, in a different city, in the hometown stadium for the first time ever. Walk away. Why not? Please do, because I'm just sick now. I mean, it doesn't matter if you've been seven, eight, or nine now. Like, it's over. Look, look, Mark, I know you love him, but we're going to talk about that last. <laughs> you can talk about that at the weekend. Um, really quickly, lads, before we go, obviously, um, yesterday, uh, we had a Super Sunday show, and it had, um, as of now, as of the time of the like of the game starting, sorry, over thirty thousand um, viewers on Twitter, um, and I think around boys, I'm not sure if that's right, eight thousand or so on, on Facebook, um, which is like, I mean, we're we're like, we're not blowing our own trumpets here. That is unbelievable, you know. Um, you know, I can't personally believe it. To be honest, I think it's I think it's mad. Um, I just think the whole thing is insane, Colin. You know, the most views for an, an NFL show in Ireland since Dixie since Dixie was talking about the fridge in the eighties, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I, I think we have to say a special thank you to all our guests. 
um, who who gave so generously of their time. And it was so much fun to to record, but also a special thank you to Michael for putting it together because we enjoyed recording it and getting to talk to those amazing guests and hear their stories uh, about their uh, Super Bowl experiences or their time in the NFL or their time following the NFL or hearing about Anton uh, talking about sprightly pigeons, uh, which I think will will lo live long in the annals of the Irish NFL show when the history uh, comes to be written in the future. Uh, I think sprightly pigeons will will feature. Um, but it, look, it was kudos to to you for putting it together. Um, I think I'm I'm delighted and proud to have been uh, part of it. I look forward to building from here. And just thanks to everyone for for watching and for interacting with us. Um, you know, it was so much fun on on Twitter yesterday to interact with everyone in the build up to the game because passing that time as you're trying to get to half eleven and kick off, uh, it was brilliant. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I was just going to say, look, I mean, you know. Anton, Jesus, Michael, like some of the stuff we cut out of that about the Eurovision and about the we had to call it out, man. Do you know the bit, the, my favorite bit probably was not just, I mean, we were in stitches with it. I mean, we, we, he was so entertaining, so warm, and so generous with his time. But part of it was making me laugh was just looking at your face, thinking, how the hell am I going to edit this down to about an 18 minute segment? And you were, you know, I could see it going all over your face. But genuinely, I mean, just to echo what Colin said, so, you know, many of our guests, the conversation we had with them afterwards as well, so great, so warm, um, and so generous with their time. It's absolutely fantastic. And you know, Singletary, Baldy, Hanson, you know, um, Rock, uh, uh, Reinbold, Reinbold, of course. How could I forget? You know, Bo, I mean, Thank the list Jeff. goes on, and it was genuinely uh, fantastic to put out there as a big pregame show. And uh, thank you to everyone for your support. Who was the first person we interviewed for that show? Low. Um, it, oh God! Was it Scott? Was it Scott Hansen? <laughs> I think it might have been Scott. Look at yeah. look at me in the Scott Hansen video, and look at me in the Singletary video. I look like I, I've aged fifteen years. Just look at you now, Michael. <laughs> it's I, I the point. I and I, I know Mark. You, uh, you have to go in a couple minutes, but I've never felt better the day after a Super Bowl. I was three hours sleep, and I've never felt better. The long, long winter is over gentlemen and uh, it's a beautiful day as bono says beautiful 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 uh i guess that's us awesome. boys when are we doing this again are we doing it for the draft are we doing it for week one or what's the uh, we will have to do a few things during the the off season i'm sure and definitely for the draft and definitely for free agency and i know carson wentz's news breaks we'll have to get back on and stuff like that's my i mean we'll yeah. back at the weekend yeah that's the plan, yeah. Oh, oh sorry, the weekend. He he played Did... on. He played yesterday, though. <laughs> and then we're having a Valentine's special this weekend, are we? Yes. Uh, join us on Sunday for that. And uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see that. Mark, I guess you're going to play us out. That that's that's the plan, isn't it? Yeah. So um, you know, it's been a while since Mark's heard this music for his team. So I guess it's probably better if we just hear. See you. Out. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you all very much, Mark. I want you to walk out with that trophy. See you later. No, I should walk out with the trophy. Walk out, one. You mean me with this trophy? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just head off anyway. I'll save this for next year when the joints are getting it. All the best, lads. <laughs>